Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Mile High Insiders on a... Tuesday night? I got I'm I'm on vacation Tuesday brand, so what Tuesday day is takeover, it? Man. Tuesday, Tuesday takeover, Tuesday nights. It's a weird week, Nick, because we've got Christmas coming up and there are two games on right now, right? Mm-hmm. And the, with the NFC. So uh it's a little little bizarre for Tuesday, but hey, we'll take it. We got football going on, MHI going on, a lot to get to with your Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We got some people in here. We got Barry saying farmers chief quarterback, Len Dawson, Steve DeBerg. Uh, Trent Green, maybe he's coming down to coming down. That'd be great. If we Kyle could get uh, Dick Vermeule with him, that'd be great too. We got Lazy coming in. Boy, Fangio must really hate Locke. Did he knock up his daughter or something? Ooh. Uh, man, I, I don't even know if Fangio has any uh, children, so I, I couldn't tell you. He does. Uh, he has a daughter who is in the Navy. The only reason I know that is because during the salute to service, I think one of the uh, the production crews had mentioned that. So it's kind of odd to think about Vic Fangio as a human being with a family, you know, as opposed yeah. to just a hardened football coach and defensive mastermind that he is. Totally. Um, so it's odd to try to get a good read on Vic personally. We got our guy, George Newton in the house saying not in Fangio's best interest to have Drew Locke do well. As you can tell, this is MHI, and it is going to be quarterbacks tonight as we start to say hello to you. He's Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. we got Scott on the ones and twos. Thank you guys for joining us. Jay Stilos weighing in a little bit, saying Drew Locke would have done better with Rich Gangarello and the Mike Shanahan slash Kyle Shanahan system. Uh, Nick, I know we're going to get into what we should expect from Drew Locke, but first and foremost, we got to hash out what happened against the Cincinnati Bengals and obviously talk a little Teddy Bridgewater, what that injury looks like, but quarterback, man, that dominates the the conversation in the NFL specifically with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, was always the likely outcome this season, right? Whether it be drew lock or Teddy Bridgewater, the Broncos sitting there around 500, just barely making or missing the playoffs. That was Probably always the likely outcome, and it's frustrating in the moment, but when you take a step back, you'd be like, oh, we had Teddy Bridgewater for one year with a team that they're trying to make it with Vic Fangio, see if it worked, and George Payton's fledgling career as a general manager. I guess not career, but first year as a general manager. This was always a likely outcome, so it's it's frustrating in the moment, but stepping back, also having some perspective in wake of uh, Teddy Bridgewater's injury as well, I think it's important to have some perspective. We were talking perspective before the show as well, so uh, we got yeah. Jay coming in here saying this guy's just a practice squat guy uh, looking at he won't see the field. So before we get into that, let's get into the matters of business. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and 
the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. So, Nick, let's jump right into it. Um, Dylan Von Arks, our guy coming in here, too, with make sure you hit that like button on the way in. So, speaking of on the way in, we're in the news, and we're in the news cycle. The Broncos have announced several transactions today, this afternoon specifically. Uh, Let's just go down the list. The Denver Broncos placed fullback slash tight end Andrew Beck on IR. They activated running back Mike Boone from reserve slash the funny little bug list. Uh, they also waived running back Demarie Crockett. And the big news of the day, or the afternoon rather, a new quarterback. Anthony Gordon was signed to the practice squad along with tight end Caleb Wilson. And that means that the Broncos have also activated wide receiver Seth Williams from the practice squad slash funny little bug list. And the Broncos additionally waived wide receiver D. Monray Pearsonell. Uh, watched him a lot in training camp this last summer linebacker Peter T I'm just going to say that Nick so I don't butcher the bat the last name tackle Casey Tucker and Kareth White so big news Anthony Gordon quarterback practice squad what does that mean is this odd to see a quarterback added just three games left in the regular season to the practice squad or uh, is this more of just a typical cover your bases move I think it's a typical cover your basis mood. And I also think it is a response to what is going on in the NFL right now and worldwide. Um, The chiefs right now, I think have 14 players on their sick little bug list and uh, the Broncos have been protecting Rippon, but now with Teddy Bridgewater, potentially definitely, I would say definitely out for this upcoming game. I know there's nothing official yet, but it would be malpractice bordering on negligence uh, for, to put him out there, or I guess negligence bordering on malpractice to put him out there this upcoming game after his second head injury in two and a half months. Um, so we'll probably see lock and that means lock and then Rippon will be the number two. And if God forbid there's a, an outbreak of sorts in Denver in the locker room, uh, then maybe Anthony Gordon is that protected player. And that way you're not forced to play a gosh darn wide receiver um, at the quarterback position. So I think it's again, getting that third guy in there, but also I think it's a response to what's what we're seeing league wide right now. I mean, right now, who's the quarterback for Washington football team that's playing. It's Gilbert something is it Gilbert Godfrey. That's my best Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> it's something Gilbert going out there. Oh, Scott's yeah. not about that impression. Um, <laughs> world's worst, annoying, most annoying voice. Um, yeah, no, you're right, man. I mean, you've got, you've got teams out there literally going to, practice squad signing guys off the street i think i read something on social media saying an offensive lineman was recently signed that was a male model oh yes um, uh tough yeah, i remember yeah Tom. so this is you're exactly right nick this is in response to the times and mm-hmm. speaking of the times good times is always with our friend miguel coming in with some support saying i can't say fellas i'm gonna watch later we appreciate your support you can find this podcast anywhere you guys get your podcasts and we appreciate the time uh, but you're exactly right, Nick. This this move, I think, is just a cover your your bases move. I don't think you're going to realistically, and you should hope you don't see this young man. Um, I 
maybe he's the best player ever, Nick, and and the diamond in the rough. But right now, it's going to be Drew Locke and Brett Rippon, like you referenced. At a point last week, I was a little worried. What happens if Drew Locke goes down? Then you've got a Kendall Hinton situation all over again. Kendall Hinton, who saw 11 snaps yeah. last week, too. Don't get me started on that. I mean, this this team, Nick, is, is just falling apart. Uh, falling apart at the seams. Falling apart with the quarterback situation, the coaches. All kinds of stuff. Drew Locke, I, he's going to be the guy, right? He's going to yeah. be the guy. It's going to be announced probably on Saturday night. We're going to play these silly little games all week. But I think you're exactly right. There's no way Teddy Bridgewater can strap it up in Las Vegas. No, and I think if the Broncos do end up winning this game against Las Vegas, which they should, Las Vegas has been a terrible team uh, since Henry Ruggs has been gone. They've kind of fallen apart there. And their defense, I mean, they have a bottom seven pass defense in the NFL so far this season, according to DVOA. Their pass defense has been, I think it's bottom three EPA per play the last five weeks. So they've just been falling apart. Um, and, you know, you never know because uh, sometimes Drew Locke, he's like a shooter. You know, he's a really streaky pool player out there where some games, you know, he scratches the eight ball right off the right off the bat. Uh, but some games, you know, he finishes the game in that first round. So hot and cold. Hopefully this will be a hot game for Drew Locke. Uh, but if he can just sit there, protect the football, uh, move the chains, and again, emphasize again, protect the gosh bleeping ball. Uh, this Broncos defense in combination with the run game should be enough to push the Las Vegas Raiders around. It's a divisional game. Those always can get a little bit fluky. I know that everybody should yep. see that across the league this year. But uh, as long as Drew Locke doesn't make the big boneheaded mistake, uh, that should be more than enough to win this game. And hey, heck, maybe we will even get some uh, splash plays down the field to some of these receivers. Yeah, like two interceptions and three fumbles is what Nick is referencing. Those turnovers with Drew Locke in the game right now. In three games, he has thrown for 227 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown came last week to Tim Patrick, which was a turning point in the game for me and, and for a lot of fans in Broncos country and for the team, I think. But uh, the, a few plays later, not a few plays, I'm being a little facetious, uh, Drew Locke with that strip sack fumble whatever you want to call it it was god awful uh drew has just been so wildly inconsistent and i have a hard time putting a lot of fault on him right now and i, I got a real problem with vic fangio this was your plan with with for a backup quarterback who just by default you're going to throw drew lock in there he, he's not good enough to be the starter uh in my eyes and in, in the broncos coaches minds so we're going to make him the backup quarterback and see how well he does without getting first team reps. I just don't understand it, Nick. I mean, so many things have been set up for Vic Fangio to have success, including having the highest paid defense. Uh, you look at the second easiest schedule in the league. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was the guy that Vic Fangio wanted and mm -hmm. in his own right, playing the best football of his career. I'm not saying it's good, but a three to one touchdown ratio, at one time, Bridgewater was on that doorstep. So when you look at the pros for Vic Fangio and what George Payton has given him, I just don't understand how he could expect different results from Drew Locke with limited access. Yeah, and you can look at the, obviously, Drew Locke this year. Who knows what he would have been? You know, some people are like, oh, Drew Locke definitely would have won those first three games. I remember the game against the Giants being pretty darn close until the Broncos busted it open in the uh, middle of the third quarter. You have an untimely interception in the first half. We're right. We're talking about a t totally different game. Uh, the Jacksonville game, Broncos fall behind early. Uh, you throw an interception in the third the third possession, and you're down 14 to zero. You know, it's that kind of thing where who knows? Um, there's no such thing. I'm not going to sit here and counter or argue counterfactuals with you because that's just that's not the reality we live in. So we don't know. Uh, maybe maybe the Broncos are undefeated with Drew Lock right now. 
We're not living in that reality. Uh, so all we can argue is what we have seen and what we have so far. And Locke last year was very not complimentary to the defense. Um, he was number one in the NFL in interceptions per drive. The Broncos had the second worst field position position per drive. Uh, they were one of the worst in the NFL as far as time of possession per drive, three and outs per drive, points per drive. I mean, it's just they were really bad last year. This year, they've been averaging those efficiency metrics. Now, it's not good enough. Nobody's telling you that it's good enough. I'm not sitting here and tell you it's good enough, but it has been an improvement. Uh, luckily for Drew Locke in this game and the Broncos in general in this game, I misspoke earlier when I said that the, uh, t- uh, the Raiders defense has been bad. They are the worst defense in the NFL against the pass uh, these last few weeks. I'm going to pull up here a uh, a graphic because you know how much I love my advanced stats, Luke. I can't help it. If I can, well, if I can put numbers to things, I love it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Drew's got something to prove, especially with the Raiders. It was just last yeah. year, Nick, that we saw him fall apart on the road yep. in Las Vegas in a game where, you know, Tim Patrick's so frustrated. He's out there throwing punches, getting ejected from the game. I mean, I think that was a three or four interception game for Drew Locke, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. That's right. But he needs to try to bounce back, and I've heard folks say he's going to do well because of the Raiders and just by default them being awful. I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to go there because the Broncos' offense in its own right, when they're not running the ball, are awful themselves. Yeah, yeah and you're totally right, but um, the graphic here, obviously EPA per play, you have uh, the rush game efficiency on the Y-axis, which is the up and down for the, the kids at home, and the X-axis is the pass efficiency per game. As you can see, far left on your screen, the Oakland Raiders, by far, by far, the worst pass defense in football over the last five weeks. And it's not even close. Uh, I think they have a .333 EPA per play. And uh, half the teams in the NFL have a negative EPA per pass play, which is what you want defensively. So the Raiders' pass defense has been absolute garbage since week 10. Terrible. And uh, really, as long as Drew Locke doesn't make the dumb turnover, the Broncos should find success passing the ball, offensive efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. But he's going to, Nick, and that's what we got to figure out. How do we overcome those turnovers? That's that's what the Broncos offense is being tasked yeah. with now. So uh, before we get going too much, because we are all passionate about the quarterback position, the most important yeah. position in professional sports, let's get to you guys. we got our guy Big E Bronco coming in with some support. What's up, Nick and Luke? We really appreciate you, Big E, and we need your enthusiasm and your support yep. right now because I hear you, Broncos country. I'll speak for myself. I'm frustrated, Nick. I'm tired of this. 9,000 no-shows is becoming the norm, and that's something I, I've never seen in my life here in Denver. Uh, Broncos country, we're not used to this. It's yeah. it's We're so just, ah, I want to curse. I want to get myself in trouble a little bit, but there has got to be a turning point, and that's why mm-hmm. we're looking at the draft. That's why we're talking about trade speculation. That's why we're talking about – Who's going to be here? What's best for the Broncos long term? Well, in the short term, they need to win football games just to keep the fan base here. Uh, If they don't beat the Kansas City Chiefs, this is going to be another season where the Broncos have a losing record at home. And that's unacceptable. There was a time where losing at home just wasn't an option, really. And if it was, they came very scarcely few and far between. Nick, it's just. I'm disgusted with it. I know Broncos country is. There's tons of talent on this team, but they seem directionless at this point. Yeah, I think you got to have a little bit of hope and faith, maybe even a little bit of belief. I know it's that time of year, you know, believe and believe, but it is the holiday season that this team can get it right. And I know that there's a lot of pressure and anxiety surrounding this team. And it's not just because the Broncos themselves, but it doesn't take a rocket 
rocket surgeon to look across the division and be like, holy bleep, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert for the next 10 to 15 years, what in the heck are we going to do? And the answer is you got to figure out quarterback. Otherwise, you essentially have to have a perfect roster and get lucky with health to compete against those guys because they have such a leg up at the quarterback position. And I'll, I mean, I'll say it like quarterback, if you were evaluating a team, if you're like making a formula where you rated a team quarterback should be like 40% of the value of your entire roster. That's how important it is every single season. Um, and the Broncos mm-hmm. have not had that guy, even going from below average to average this season. It's only what added you two, three wins. Um, we'll see how the final three games go, but uh, it's a, uh, it's rough. And there's a reason that this fan, this fan base is so critical of the quarterbacks. They demand excellence and I don't fault them for that. I do think it's important to have a little bit of perspective and nuance to what that looks like in the path to get there. Um, because I think the worst thing you can do is not only like Teddy Bridgewater one year. Okay. Whatever one year, but like if you trade two second and a third round pick and a second round pick for Sam Darnold, and then exercise a fifth year option where you're paying 50 million for three, not great quarterbacks, then you're in trouble. So it's, I think there's a little bit of perspective and nuance, but Broncos country is right. Like, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy. I don't think Drew Locke is the guy either. Um, and we're hopefully going to be finding a solution there over this off season. But for still, uh, for now, we'll have to cheer for Drew Locke and hope that he figures it out because best thing for this team is to go on a run, win these next three games against the divisional opponents and give themselves a shot to make the playoffs, which there's still a chance. I'm telling you guys, there's a chance. We're working in those 90s ha. movies reference today. <laughs> ha, there's still a chance. There's still a chance, Nick says. Uh, Nick is the voice of optimism. That's why he's dressed so jolly. Uh, all I want for Christmas is a quarterback, and I know I'm not going to get it because it's it's not the right time of year. So we'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're they're going to – maybe they went out. I don't know. Yeah. I, I really have a hard time going there, but we're going to go there together. That's the big thing, Broncos country. We ride mm-hmm. and roll with the Denver Broncos in the good, in the bad, and that's this game of, of football. That's this yeah. game of life. Andrew Baker weighing in, saying, guys, let's just air it out these last, these last games, Mud Bowl style. We got nothing left to lose. Hashtag MHH for life. We appreciate you, Andrew. Nick, what do you think of Andrew's take there? Saying, you know what? Drew's in the game. We know that he has no problem throwing the risky ball. Uh, Screw it. It's time to get these receivers some touchdowns. I'm tired of Jerry Judy not getting involved. I'm tired of Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton being underutilized. Maybe it is time to just throw it up rather than get Javante Williams hurt. Uh, Yeah. I want them to win the games. And I think what I want to see with this offense going forward is I want to see a heavy play action offense that maybe is not a high volume pass offense, but you are throwing it vertically. You are giving your wide receivers a shot and may most of your short yardage situations hopefully can be uh, come through the, the rushing game, but I'm looking for explosive pass plays down the field off of play action, maybe some bootlegs, some high, low reads with half field, because that's what the Broncos Pat Shermer's words, you know, had to simplify the offense last year for Drew, more half field reads, more high lows um, off of play action. And hopefully he can be comfortable with that. I know that a lot of people got upset about the read option in the red zone. That was a play that before the game, Drew Locke said that he green dotted that play. He's like, I want to run that play. So, I mean, I don't want to, people are getting too up in arms about that, but uh, hope I want to see. He just didn't run it well. I got no problem with the play um, because you don't call that play for Teddy because Teddy's hurt and can't move. Um, Drew is a lot more athletic and mobile than Teddy. I wish he would. He scares me at times because he's got that history of falling down and getting hurt, you know, and it's just like, man, Drew, it's 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 not the play call. It's the actual what happened. And I think that moment just got a little bit too big for Drew. So I've got no problem with that play call because I think to your point, Nick, you've got to 
cater this offense to your quarterback strengths. And one of the biggest problems has been when Teddy's gotten hurt and Drew's had to come in, the offense has to be flipped mid game or wherever they're at. And that's just, that's very hard for a team to do, let alone a struggling team like the Broncos. Yeah, totally. Uh, we got Cristobal coming in here, $5. I don't recognize that name, but I really respect the gear rocking that he, ADA. He's our, he's our new friend from Canada. Oh, yes. Hell yeah. Up north there. Got to let us know where in Canada you're at, too. That's a, that's a big country up there. Big, beautiful country. I need to get myself up to Vancouver. It's only like a two-hour drive from Seattle, and I have not done that yet. So, some point soon. Uh, if Drew Locke goes off these three games and makes the playoffs, they better still fire Vic Fangio and Shermer because it wasn't his decision. Uh, go Broncos. You know, um, if Drew Locke goes off, that would be best-case scenario because I'm pulling for him here. I will say that I am skeptical that that happens, but you never know. Um, I do think that Vic Fangio, and there's this kind of like this weird tinfoil hat theory out there that Vic Fangio on purpose, purposely uh, sabotaged Drew Locke. I think that's, I think that's silly. Vic Fangio is fighting for his job out there. He's making the decision that he truly believes is the best for the team. You can argue that it's the wrong decision, but to purposely sabotage or to cheer against Drew Locke to spite himself is just, it's nonsense to me. Uh, that's that's not what any reasonable person would do. And Vic Fangio, make no st- mistake about it, is fighting for his job. So he, I'll tell you, there's probably no bigger fan out there for Vic Fangio than Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio, or for Drew, yeah, for Drew Locke, because his play down the stretch here for these final three games is probably going to make or break their careers or their time in Denver. And that that's really ironic. I think it's almost a little bit twistedly funny uh, because of what those guys have essentially catered around Drew Locke. Obviously, there's not very much belief in him, but. Uh, it's where we are. And that's why depth is so important too, right? You never know when you're going to have yep. to be uh, pulled upon and uh, Drew Locke stay engaged because your time will come. We've said it a hundred times. Teddy gets hurt. Sometimes your Drew Locke is going to get a chance. Here we are seven and seven. If you win out, I think you have a 96% chance to make the playoffs. Go prove it, man. Go, go prove it. This is your shot, right? Nick, no, people say it's, you don't have an opportunity. Nick, this is your opportunity. No, the eight mile moments over, man. It's over. There's the B rabbits gone home back to mama's trailer. It's it's, <sighs> and you know what? Like yeah. I'm tired of being upset with Drew, because at this point, like it's <laughs> the coaches, man. Like just the whole thing is broken, and none of these guys are going to be here next year. Drew yeah. shouldn't be here. Fangio shouldn't be here. Shermer shouldn't be here. But yet Teddy. here we are, hoping that they went out. And uh, quick, quick. Uh, house cleaning on my end uh christopher i apologize i miss i misspoke um it's christopher is a good friend uh christopher gasperi a canadian from the north uh so my bad i appreciate your support thank you so much peter middleton weighing in the broncos will typically thrash the raiders to pull at our heartstrings i hope drew lock ups his trade value that's a really interesting uh, take Peter. I like it because Drew needs to put out film for other teams right now. I think we've all agreed that it would be best for the Broncos and Drew Locke to part ways, something we think is going to happen. But uh, other teams need to evaluate Drew. And this is the time. I, I've heard a lot of people refer to these last few games as preseason games. And I don't subscribe to that just because the team's going to look so much different. And mathematically, I suppose they are still in it. Uh, Nick, what do you think about Drew Locke upping his trade value? And what do you think the maximum could be for Drew? Ah, man, I just don't think he can up his value that much because the overall sample size is going to weigh more than what he does in these final three games. I think he could change his value by maybe two rounds, um, going from like the sixth round to the fourth round, so to speak. But you're talking about a guy who has been erratic in his career, uh, was not a first round pick, uh, has been a 
very turnover prone so far in his career and will only have one year left of control. All those things together, even if he plays well, these final three games, teams are going to lean back on the overall sample size and look at the the tape overall. Um, and in today's NFL, maybe 20 years ago, you could turn over the ball the way that Drew Locke does. But in today's NFL, that doesn't fly. There's too much stats digging that teams understand that turnovers, you just cannot have it. I think teams that win the turnover battle, win football games, win the football game 80% of the time. And it goes to like 90 or something percent when it's two, two plus turnovers. Drew Locke turns the ball over at an extremely high clip. If he could clean that up, I mean, we could be, we could be cooking with grease here. He's got the arm talent. He's got the mobility, but it is the, um, it's the turnovers. You just, you simply cannot live with them in the NFL, uh, which is really unfortunate. I mean, I know as people pulling their hair out, watching the Broncos offense with Teddy Bridgewater against the Bengals, it's boring. It's, you know, two first downs and then a punt. And believe me, I was frustrated too. I, this it was horrible, uh, terrible football to watch. And God, it hurts me to say that because I am just thinking about Teddy Bridgewater's health. Um, I have to separate that from the product on the field, uh, but it was not good. Yeah. But when you are doing what was it when that happened, it was three to three. And then the Broncos did a really conservative and then it was a play to end the half. And it was six to three. You still have a chance then. And I know that drew lock, uh, move the ball better, but then he had the just boneheaded turnover. And it's just like, come on, man. Like I'm, I'm really pulling for you to do well because that's what this team needs. Everybody, I mean, people want you to do it, but it just continually makes the mistakes and it's you just you just cannot have it. It just drives me insane. The other thing with Drew Locke here, sorry to go on a tangent. It's the turnovers. No. The other thing is the the base mechanics are still just erratic as they've ever been. His footwork and especially in a clean pocket, crazy legs out there. I don't I don't know what we're doing and it's it's really fine in pressure that touchdown pass to Teddy or uh, to Tim Patrick, the center Lloyd Cushenberry and uh, whoever the running back was got beat and Drew Locke had pressure on his face and he had to throw off of an unclean platform and gave his receiver a chance for a touchdown. Brilliant. That's one of the reasons you fall in love with him because he can make throws with arm talent off the off with off, off of a unclean platform. He can Mm -hmm. make some throws down the field still, but he still has an unclean platform when everything is clean and perfect around him. And his process is just, it's uh, clunky. Uh, in his base, and it leads to erratic ball placement. And we saw it after that turnover. I mean, sailing balls, uh, throwing that fourth down 10 feet out of bounds. I mean, it's just, it's one thing after another, and it just kind of makes me uh, upset. <laughs> yeah, it's it's reckless. It's reckless, and yeah. it's frustrating <laughs> for sure. And uh, it's, man, because you you see the potential, but it, the potential, that's done. This is year three. I'm sorry. This is year three. Use that potential somewhere else. But uh, yeah, it's the, for me, that throw that you're referencing, the touchdown throw, you can't give him grief. It was a touchdown throw. He gave yeah. Tim Patrick, uh, his guy, a chance to go get it. And he recognized that Tim Patrick was his target. Now, I give him credit for that because um, I don't think a lot of people do. And I'm one of the harder people on Drew Locke. But it was an underthrown ball. Uh, you're right about the mechanics. They're they're still sloppy. The footwork, the footwork, the footwork, and here we are still talking about it. But w- one other thing I'm still talking about is Chase Wellner's support. He's always given us love. Always um, a, a beacon of the MHH Super Chat community. We really appreciate you, Chase. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hope you are well. I wanted to get to a comment here, Nick, um, from Kelly, and maybe while um, maybe while we search for that. Yeah, let's I'll get Andrew. Andrew in there. Go ahead. Yeah, Cheddar Lock. I don't know what Cheddar Lock is, but that one makes me laugh. Um, maybe he was trying to use Siri or something, but Cheddar Lock shot himself in the pants and Teddy spit up his mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Oh, there <laughs> we go. It's an eight-mile reference. I'm in. Good job, Andrew. Andrew, I love it. Uh, Kelly, here we go. Kelly Kelly Matson. I really appreciate this question. 
And yeah. Nick, I, I think it goes to the conversation that we're trying to uh, speculate and foreshadow what that coaching move will be if, in fact, a coaching move is made. But Kelly asks, who would you replace the coaches with? What coaches would you go for to replace what we have? I am a uh, big proponent of Todd Bowles. I think that he got the short end of the stick in uh, the New York Jets. I'm looking for a guy who is more of a kumbaya leader in that locker room who actually the guys relate to uh, as opposed to Vic Fangio, who I don't think I've ever seen him interact with a player on the sideline during the game. Um, so I know that it's oh a defensive guy, offensive guy. I don't care. I just want a guy who can be a good CEO and empower guys around him and put pick smart people around him. Uh, so that's where I'm leaning. I really do think also hmm. – um, Todd Bowles has been around Bruce Arians, who is one of my favorite football minds in, uh, out there. Um, yeah. He's been around Tom Brady as well. Uh, so he understands what it takes to win and a lot of different personalities on that Tampa Bay team as well. So I think I, I really would like Todd Bowles to get a second chance. He's one that impresses me a lot. I like that a lot, Nick, because he's got experience. He's not just coming in here without any idea of how to run a team, let alone um, get a culture established in a locker room. I like that a lot. You surprised me, though, a little bit going going defense. Uh, for me, I'm looking at a couple guys right now, and it's I'm not so sure they're my picks because I, I do like Todd Bowles. I like Dan Quinn. Um, but Nathaniel Hackett and Daryl Bevel's names just keep sitting tight because – I think that's Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers preference. I don't know, but um, that's me just hoping that we can land a trade and whoever we get is going to be like, well, I want this guy. If it's Russell Wilson, you know, I want Daryl Bevel. If it's Aaron Rodgers, then maybe we need to go ahead and look at Nathaniel Hackett, current offensive coordinator of the Packers. And Kelly, I would urge you to go look at milehighhuddle.com right now. Our guy, Bob, just threw down a really, really good article, Bob Morris, on 15 NFL candidates to succeed Vic Fangio as the Broncos head coach. You'll see some familiar names on there, specifically a few coaches that have worked for the Broncos already. So I don't want to give away too much, but uh, Bob did a really, really good job of laying out some candidates there. And a few other names that are very, I don't know if this is in Bob's article, but a few names that I think are very dark horse related that maybe would interest you. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald. I know that he has a very close relationship with George Payton. They share an agent. And there was some talk that mm. if George Payton was going to take that uh, Bears job um, three, four years ago, uh, that maybe Pat Fitzgerald would be uh, coaxed out of that Northwestern position. Uh, so he's one that's interesting to me. Another Northwestern guy uh, that used to be a coach there now is the quarterback coach with the Chiefs, Mike Kafka. Um, he's one that I know has some connection to George Payton as well. So maybe you see Kafka coming up as a offensive coordinator instead of the head coach, but some guys that I may, maybe would get some interviews. I think just some, just some, yeah. some out of left field. Names. I, I like it, Nick, because yeah. if, when you look at George Payton and the moves that he's made, they're all familiar. Well, not all, I shouldn't say all the majority of them are familiar and they're yeah. comfort based. And that's what these guys and gals do in the yeah. NFL. Uh, it's a loyal loyalty business. You see crews roll together. You see them break up and reunite and all of those things. So I like where your head's at because uh, we're trying to figure out George Payton's next move. And all we have right now is, is not even a full season of history. Yeah. Um, our guy, Joe Jub, Joe Jube coming in the house, uh, with some support. Really, really appreciate you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas and hope all is well. It's awesome to see so much support from Broncos country, even though the Broncos are struggling, they're going to 
play a bad Raiders team that just got a win last night against the Cleveland Browns. It was ugly football. Again, Nick, you saw a third string quarterback in the game. Um, so that's always that's always awful. But mm. one of those game winning field goals from Daniel Carlson, I believe is his last yes. name. And uh, man, absolutely crazy. The Raiders staying alive, man, in the AFC West. Yeah, all it took was a a outbreak in the Browns, but uh, whatever. I mean, uh, <laughs> who knows? It makes AFC West is fun. Uh, we got Timothy Moser also coming in with stars. Thank you so much, Timothy, uh, and uh, hope you have a great holiday. There looks like you're holding the the picture is like teeny tiny, but looks like you're holding the small child there in that picture. I can't tell, but if you are, hope they have a happy holiday as well. Michael, our guy. What's up, Mike? Good to see you. Merry Christmas, Nick, Luke, Scott, and Broncos country. Enjoy Christmas with your family on Saturday. Go Broncos. Michael is one of the most enthusiastic Broncos fans that we know here on MHH. He's a good friend of the show and a good friend of the publication. And uh, I, I love it, man. I need Michael's enthusiasm sometimes to just help me get through these dark times, Nick, because Bright times are ahead. I, I do like George Payton. I know a lot of folks have uh, a bone to pick with George for not going quarterback in last year's draft, and I completely understand that argument. I really do, but time will tell. But regardless of what happens, the positivity from Broncos fans like Michael will keep me going. Yeah. Timothy coming back in here saying Merry Christmas from Missouri. I'm all down in the state of misery, as uh, I have a lot of family in uh, Moberly, Missouri, and they always say, ah, misery. But uh, – Happy holidays to you, Tim. I think Vic should be the DC and we should hire an offensive minded head coach. I, I cannot name a single head coach who has been demoted and uh, stayed on the organization. Typically it is a clean cutting of a guy moving on in that situation. And one reason for that is a guy doesn't want to take a demotion, but also the power dynamics. That is a really difficult one. So when you move on from a head coach like that, uh, it's difficult. And we got a big one coming down here. Happy holidays from north of the border. Christopher hey. coming in here. Uh, I'll let you take it, Luke. What's up, Chris? I referenced you earlier because I, I I misspoke with another another uh, friend's name, Christopher. We really appreciate you. Christopher's a member of Broncos country from Canada. So we've got a few of those folks floating around in the MHH Super Chat uh, here from Mile High Huddle. And it's cool, man, because I know Chad and Zach and all of us here at MHH, we really subscribe to that motto our mission statement rather that broncos country is not a geographical location it is a state of being and christopher we appreciate your support 100 man really really love it what's up fellas just want to send out some love over the holidays for you and yours merry christmas broncos country broncos for life absolutely love it chris thank you so much for your support happy holidays and merry christmas yeah, happy holidays to you. Another name that I saw on here when we we're talking head coaches. Uh, what do you think about? Uh, and thank you so much, Chris. Man, you <laughs> that is unbelievably generous, and we appreciate you so much. Also, have the original Dizzy D come in here. Would rather have Sertan than Fields. Just my Me opinion. Too. Me I too. Right I'm now, right there with you, Dizzy D. And I, I said that then. I'm saying it now. I absolutely love it. And I'm not gonna. And that's not anything against Justin Fields. It's not like he's no. in Chicago, folks. All right, he's with Matt Nagy. All right, like let's just pump the brakes a little bit with the Justin Fields is a bust because uh, he wasn't my favorite quarterback, Nick. You know that in the draft. But uh, man, year one with the Bears, I'm not gonna just wreck this kid in his first no. year. No, I mean. I think there's a lot of criticism for Justin Fields because Broncos bypassed him for Patrick Sertan, but Patrick Sertan looks like um, incredible, uh, right? Like one of the best rookie cornerback seasons we've seen probably since 
Marshawn Lattimore a few seasons ago, who was Ooh, incredible. Nice. and just got a huge contract for them. Um, so I have no issues with the Sertan pick. We'll see how it plays out, right? You never draft a rookie quarterback for who they're going to be their rookie season. So we should find out about Good what uh, Justin Fields will be a couple years from now. I mean, Justin Fields is also, I think, only 22 years old. You know what Drew Locke was doing at 22 years old? He was prepping for the bowl game against Oklahoma State. And then he didn't even play until the final five games, which would be the final five games next year for Justin Fields. So we're going to see what he looks like. I'm, I want to see what he looks like after 18 starts, year 23, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the one for me where it's like, maybe it would have been the better pick in hindsight, which I'm not advocating for because I love Sertan. And I know that you have Parsons and we'll, we'll disagree that. We'll put that one in a box. Yeah. But I do know that the Bears <laughs> called. The Bears called. And they offered the same deal that they gave the New York Giants, moved back to 20. And uh, you would have had their first round pick this year, which right now looks like a top six pick. Um, and you know what you need picks for this season? Trading for a quarterback. quarterback. So while it's nice to have yourself a Patrick Sertan, having another first round pick this year, I think it would have been another third round pick this year on top of the extra second and third for the Von Miller trade to go and get a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. And then maybe last year, I mean, if I was picking 20, I would have taken Odafe Owe, who has been awesome for the Ravens. I love yeah. him. Um, to pair that. Mm, yeah, that's that's one that's beast. that's one that I would be considering uh, considerate of. Yeah, it's I hear you. That makes sense. Um, and, and all I don't know, I guess I would say all signs are pointing that direction that the Broncos are gearing up to try to trade for a quarterback. I mean, I think it's very odd that they haven't re-signed Teddy Bridgewater. If they don't have another plan, that would be the safe option for the team. That's not what I want. I do not endorse yeah. that at all. But they don't have a plan right now. They're, I mean, it's not Drew. Um, we don't know if it's Brett Rippon, but that leads me into AJ's question. And I, I think this is very valid, and it's something that's being talked about throughout Broncos country right now. But AJ weighs in saying nothing against Drew Locke, but is he really the Broncos' best chance to win? What do you think about Brett Rippon taking the start for the last few games? And I think that's very interesting, AJ, because I've been asking for months, just like you guys in Broncos country, why is Brett Rippon even on this team if he's not going to be utilized on the field? Uh, because Rippon doesn't have the arm talent to be a starter in the league. Now, if Drew Locke goes out there and throws a pick and then kind of spirals from there, um, then maybe you see them make a switch to get some stability out there and just have like Rippon. You're not going to make the wrong read. You can't. You don't have every single option on the menu as far as what they can throw uh, passes wise and plays wise. But uh, Locke gives you the best chance because he can do the most. Uh, he's going to be volatile sometimes, but again, you really hope that you have a. He's a high variance quarterback, right? That's he's a very high variance quarterback. You hope you get one of those top games from him, and with that, you can win every single game remaining on your schedule. Truly, if you have the top end, Drew Lock. Yeah, I disagree. I I, I would fair. be willing That's to fair. play Brett Rippon at this point. I think you've seen all you can with Drew. And I would agree with you that Drew is the better quarterback. I agree with that 100%. His athleticism, his uh, arm, I mean, even his his feet, his bad footwork that we've talked about for the last three years, um, even with that, he's able to throw that touchdown pass to Tim Patrick. I'm not sure that Brett Rippon could do that. Absolutely uh, not. That, you know, with the limitations yep. in his in his physical game, but I just think you've seen everything that you need to see with Drew. I don't think he deserves this at all. I really don't. Uh I just I feel for Drew because I don't know why he's on the team either. I think that the Broncos should have stuck to their guns a little bit and committed with a backup quarterback, whether that have been Drew or Brett, because right now I think Drew's the backup by default. Um, 
I don't know if we're going to see Drew go down. I hope not because you never want to see a player get hurt. And maybe all this talk is for nothing. And Teddy Bridgewater goes out there and plays, but we don't think that's going to happen. Um, It could still happen that you see Brett Rippon. Absolutely. If he goes out there and has a horrible game against the Raiders, do not be surprised if you see Vic Fangio make a move. Uh, Vic has got no love for Drew, in my opinion. And I would like to see Brett, not because I think he's a better option, but because I think your team has more belief in Brett uh, just because he's a smarter quarterback. Uh, Maybe he's not going to always get the ball there, but maybe Jerry Judy can do a little bit more with a quick slant from Brett Rippon on a quick read than, you know, this bracketing coverage that's probably going to get Drew Locke in, in, in trouble. I don't know, man. It's just that argument can be had. It really can. And I think you could even see Brett Rippon maybe through injury, through bad play. Don't rule it out. Yeah, I mean, if again, if things kind of spiral on Drew Locke, they might make that move. But I'm hoping that Drew Locke understands and has a sit down and maybe with his agent or whoever, maybe Peyton gives him a call. I don't know what Peyton's up to. It's the holidays. It could be busy. But like, Drew, like you have the talent and you don't have to be extraordinary every single play. The quarterbacks like Tom Brady this season, he hasn't been an A plus on most games, but he hasn't had... Well, I guess the Saints uh, owned him. And another coach option, Dennis Allen. Maybe he's one that we should be talking about. He's on Bob's Bob's list. Boom, you got him. And your other two were not, and I really, really liked him, though. But Dennis Allen is on there, former defensive coordinator, I believe, for John Fox in 2012. Yes, and then he went on to be the Raiders head coach, was fired, and he's been on the Saints team, which has had a lot of injuries and not a lot of depth defensively as far as draft picks because the Saints always give, give rid of all their draft picks but they've had a really good uh, defense there. And he's a defensive back coach too, which would, I think, jive with uh, Peyton as well. But it will be interesting. I'm just really hoping that Drew Locke has a good game. Uh, that's my biggest thing. Go out there, have fun, play loose. Peyton Manning, you, know, you don't you don't have to hit a home run on every play. If you can just get on base, like a base on balls, that's boring. A single, that can be boring. But if you can just move the sticks, get on base, and convert play after play, that's enough. And then you find yourself, boom, you're in the end zone. Just you got to avoid the big mistake. Don't play scared but you got to try to avoid the big mistake. You can live to fight another down as long as you're not turning it over. All right. I want to get to, I want to get to flip and boots here real quick saying, Luke, you haven't seen anything with drew. That's such a bad take. In my opinion, you will see it this weekend. I hope you're right, but uh, my eyes and the film and everything else tell me a completely other thing. He's an erratic quarterback with a ton of turnovers. He's going to get sacked and he's going to turn the ball over. Uh, that's, that's what his history suggests to me right now. And that's not me trying to take a dump all over the guy. Cause I would love to see him succeed. And, Man, how weird would it be if he goes to another team and finds some success in a weird way? Are we going to be feeling like, you know, we missed a big opportunity or are we going to be feeling good for Drew wherever he's at? It's going to be weird. Um, We don't know what's going to happen, but the big important thing is it's okay to disagree. And I hope you're right. I hope Drew goes out there and puts on a clinic against the Raiders. I hate the Raiders so much. Uh, I don't hate Drew Locke. Not at all. I hate the Raiders. And uh, trying to beat the Raiders on the road, I think, is going to be a lot tougher than the Broncos may think, despite the special teams coach being there, Rich Splicka, or I'm probably butchering the last name. But you're exactly right. They're a distracted team. Derek Carr is a horrible decision maker in his own right. Uh, But we'll see. Yeah, he tends to have a little bit of a Teddy Bridgewater scenario where it kind of maybe yep. the injuries start to pile up on him or the cold, colder weather. Not there in Vegas, but 
in other areas kind of maybe start to shrivel up a little bit as the season Cleveland, goes along. Like yep. in Cleveland last night. Yeah. I mean, the guy's throwing up an interception for no reason, no awareness, yeah. situational football of turning over the ball like that. And you're a veteran quarterback. And then people try to make the case that Derek Carr is elite. I can't go there. I, I just no. can't. He's a good quarterback in the NFL for sure. I would mm-hmm. definitely put him over Bridgewater at this point. But man, it's just, it's tough. Yep. You're looking for that guy until you find him. And I know that a lot of people have seen some comments about committing to a young quarterback. And I have a very different perspective with it. And thank you, Peter, for the comments. Happy holidays to you out in Cambodia. What's up, um, Pete? Where I don't think you, none of these guys, in my opinion, should be committed to the to the extent of we're going to give you a blank slate and you go out there and have fun. Hell no. You got to earn the reps. And guess what? Like if I draft a first round pick this year, let's say you're picking 18, you take Sam Howell. Sam, if I don't see enough from you this year, guess what I'm doing in 2023? I'm looking at another first-round quarterback, and best guy wins. I don't give a hoot. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Once you come into this team, you are an undrafted free agent as far as I'm concerned. Your play is going to dictate what opportunities you get, and uh, cream will rise to the top. So I don't think anybody should be given Ooh. anything. you got to earn it. You got some Randy, uh, some Randy Savage, the Macho Man, right there. The cream rises to the top. You gotta earn it, brother. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I like it, man. I I agree with that. And you know, I wanted to ask you too because we haven't got to chat for a little bit. But what what'd you make of uh, Todd McShay's way too early draft scenario where they land Malik Willis? What do you make of Malik Willis out of? uh, Oh man, Malik Willis. He's so fun. Um, he's kind of a video game player where he's got a lot of arm talent and yeah. uh, athleticism. He's not Lamar Jackson-esque as far as his giddy-up, but uh, he can go Size. out there and play, and uh, he can make a lot of noth- or something happen from nothing. Um, I don't like his eyes right now. I feel like he, he doesn't go through a lot of reads. Um, his footwork can be kind of erratic, and I feel like he's got the dreaded uh, tag on him of being a year away from being a year away. So, I mean, mm. if you could really craft – like if you brought in uh, Wink or uh, – is it Wink Martindale? Who's the defensive or offensive He's, coordinator for Baltimore? Not the defensive coordinator, but the offensive coordinator. Oh, I, I, I got it on the tip of my tongue. Um, I said the wrong coordinator. Now I'm confused. I got it right Baltimore's. Uh, no, it's not Wizenhunt. Somebody will get it for me on the chat. But um, I think Willis is fun. Uh, that being said, I'm having the same stance right now as I had months and months ago. There are six quarterbacks in this draft that I like. I don't love any of them, but I like them. And what I would love to do is either trade up into the back end of the first round to get that fifth year option and see whoever's there at the end or take the last guy remaining of the the, the big six because right now I don't like enough of them uh, to Greg go up Roman. And it's Greg Roman. Thank you so much, uh, Jace Stelos. Thank you so much. Yeah, Greg yeah, Roman, it, also the uh, offensive coordinator for uh, Colin Kaepernick, so knows how to work with a running quarterback. Yeah, and Greg Roman commits to that quarterback and makes that system friendly to the quarterback, and that's why you're seeing so much success uh, with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Mike Mike Ronquillo weighing in real quick, and he said, I'm going to say it again. Javante Pookie Williams was my favorite draft pick of the 2021 NFL draft. I was excited when the Broncos drafted him from North Carolina. Go Broncos. And, Mike, I'm sure you saw this because you're as educated as every single member of Broncos country. But I think I saw on social media that Javante Williams was nominated for AFC Rookie of the Week for fourth straight week in the row. For nomination at least i mean man what what can't you love about javante williams it's uh it's hard to poke any the only thing that's wrong with javante williams is the position he plays right that's, that's it like that's the only thing that you can <laughs> say that he values him a bit i i'm sorry uh but i like it he, he's young uh he has a lot of tread on his tires and that run he had um near the goal line his own goal line this last week was 
the definition of not giving up. It reminded me of uh, CJ Anderson in the 2013, uh, 2014 playoff game against the Colts where he broke like five tackles. And it's like, listen, uh, I'm going to yeah. have to do it. And Colin would say, Nick hated that pick. Don't act like you hated it, Nick. He did um, hate it. If, he still hates it. I graded it. I graded that day too. I just found that article today and I gave that pick a B and I would have graded uh-huh. it higher if the Broncos didn't trade up for, uh, I remember Javante you say, I remember you saying that exact same thing, like verbatim when we were covering that, because we cover the draft every year. Stay tuned. We will be at it next year as well. And uh, yeah, I, I hear you. It was a lot. I mean, you to move up for a running back. I mean, he could have been a first rounder um, at the end there, I guess, but it was a risk for a GM, a first year GM to move in the second rounds for a running back, no doubt. And he gave up a fourth round pick, which he had just a fourth round pick, but like no doubt you could have used that could have been an offensive tackle development pick or a defensive line development pick. But that so far looks like as good of a running back trade as you ever seen. And maybe the Broncos are breaking the mold. I w- I'm not very a big proponent of paying running back second contracts. Melvin Gordon's like one of zero <laughs> out of running backs who have been <laughs> worth it on their second contract. God bless you, Melvin, for that. That's incredible. Um, Javonta Williams, I said in the draft leading up to it too. There are three running backs that I love. Take the last one remaining if you have to take one. Javante Williams was the last one remaining and he looks amazing. So excited about that. And to have him under contract for the next three seasons, uh, his best years, probably in the NFL. That's amazing. The Broncos have a guy right there. Uh, maybe they would have been better long-term to take a position that takes a year to develop rather than the plug and play rookie when the team wasn't uh, plug and play running back away. But you can't be angry about taking a good player. And Javante Williams is amazing. Not my favorite pick though. I love you, Michael. Not my favorite pick. Uh, Baron Browning. You remember I was doing backflips over here when the Broncos drafted. Dude, I wanted him in the second round. You remember that? I was like, dude, I want Baron Browning in the second round. I want Pete Werner. I want Jabil Cox. I want all these linebackers because I fell in love with all of them uh, when I was down in Mobile. But no, I hear you. Baron Browning, dude. We haven't even talked about Baron Browning. 56. How can you not talk about not giving guys enough praise man baron browning nick what can you say he has played almost 100 percent of the defensive snaps every week he's been out there the only week that he hasn't played like every single snap but one was the week 10 game against the eagles since he's played uh he's still kind of figuring it out uh, out there because he played both edge and kind of an overhang sam linebacker position for the uh ohio state buckeyes out there and now he's wearing the green dot. Uh, he's been awesome. It's still kind of coming together for him. I I know a lot of people want to move on from Vic Fangio, but I am I am really curious what the reality out there. And I like to you know talk about the multiverse right now. Everybody watching Spider Man, oh, it's a multiverse. Um, but uh, the multiverse where Vic Fangio is retained this season, and what uh, Baron Browning looks like that second year in the scheme under uh, under the likes of Vic Fangio, because man, that dude has height, weight, speed. He has the right mentality and it's coming together for him right now. And I, he, he I don't, he's not going to be Micah Parsons out there, which is fine, but you got him pick 100. I think, I think it was actually mm-hmm. pick 100. Um, and he looks amazing out there. Uh, so I don't know, man, I'm really excited about it. Also, he is uh, making me a lot of times I make myself look dumb on here, but uh, not drafting a running back that early. Cause you could find one in a day two as good as uh, Baron Browning is making me look a little bit smart sometimes. Uh, no, I'm right there with you, man. And that's why we're we're a great crew, because we embrace our faults <laughs> uh, for better or worse. And you guys have to rock with us. But I want to get to my guy. My guy Clayton is in the house. A good friend yeah. um, asking, who are you most impressed with? And I think this is a good kind of holiday theme, right? When you're when you're thinking about what you have and you're weighing in for your blessings in life. Um, Nick, who are you most impressed with on the team? Uh, a player, a coach? front office what do you think 
Um, real quick, Savage is right. It's 105. It wasn't 100, it was 105. Um, who's been the most impressive player on the team for me? I guess I'm going to have to be kind of cliche here, but it, for me, it's Patrick Sertan, uh, the second, mm -hmm. um, doing what he's doing at 21 years old, especially in comparison to what we've seen from rookie cornerbacks. Typically, they're not plug and play. I mean, everybody was over the moon two years ago about Jeffrey Okuda and did, did he, where's he been? You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, he's right. not made much of an impact. CJ Henderson's already been traded. Uh, so I've been, I've been super impressed with the likes of Patrick Sertan. Uh, Javante Williams has been impressive. He's, I think the game is slowing down for him a lot uh, because before he kind of was very boomer bust. Uh, a lot of times he was getting stuffed a lot, but I think the vision is improving. The patience is improving and uh, he's actually getting beyond what the offensive line is blocking for him more and more as the season progresses, which I love. Um, another impressive guy. And this is just a dark horse who I don't think is getting nearly enough credit for how good he's been. Uh, Ronald Darby. Darby has been awesome on the other side of Sertan, a big, uh, coming together of this defense like oh the defense is really you know all of a sudden good out there for Vic Fangio coincides with Darby coming back off the injury and Sertan coming together having those two cornerbacks on the outside changes the space changes where you can attack and limits the explosive plays uh which most of the explosive plays come from wide receivers on the boundary so uh Darby needs to at least get a little bit of light and a call out I like it a lot Nick and and I don't know if it's he's my most impressive player but I definitely got to mention him Caden Stearns I know he's mm, had yep. highs he's had some lows recently but man th this kid out of Texas I wasn't thrilled with the draft pick I really wasn't even though it was a late rounder um, didn't really understand it uh, wondering if it was going to be a Justin Simmons replacement and I think you're going to be seeing 30 and 31 next year speaking of 31 Justin Simmons finally playing the football that we are used to seeing you see justin simmons absolutely uh i don't want to say peaking but his his trajectory this year is certainly going up um proving george payton right that he was well within his own uh contract since george payton is going to be here for a long time to see if justin simmons wants to be here with him for a long time as well so i really like those picks on the offensive side of the ball i'm gonna go quinn miners i think for a rookie to come in and play as well as he has as an offensive guard is uh, very impressive. I think mm -hmm. his, um, he's raw. I think he's raw. I think he has a lot of fine tuning to his game, but coach Mike Munchak gets so much credit for me is, is in terms of being impressed, um, and what he's doing with whoever comes into that offensive line room. So I really, really like it. And I really like George Fox showing us a little bit of love saying Merry Christmas guys. Really thank you for your insight to our team. Denver Broncos for life. Merry Christmas. Hopefully everything is going well with you and yours. And speaking of love and fam, we got our guy, Mo. Mo's in the house. Muhammad Badri, $5 super, saying what a pleasant surprise for Braun and the Smooth Killer in the house on a Tuesday night. That's right. It's an MHI takeover. Carl and Nick were kind enough to do a quick swap with me. And uh, quick programming note, we will be off this Saturday night for Christmas. Enjoy the holidays with your friends and family. But Mo, hopefully things are good with you and yours and baby Malik. First, first Christmas, first holiday season. So uh, that's monumental, man. Monumental times. Yeah. Take all the pictures. Get all the presents. Yes. Have all the fun. Um, it's, you only get your you only get one first Christmas with that kid, right? So I'm not a dad, but um, I think I can speak for uh, Luke and uh, Scott here that it's you, know, you got to cherish it because you only get so many of them. Yeah, I love it, man. And and still as an adult, like the the I don't know, the 
it's just majestic it's like a majestic time of year man and like i kind of get all grouchy with my wife about like making my house look like christmas threw up and you know it's just overwhelming but it's it's cool it's really cool it's a cool time of year and it's a cool time of year for football in the mile high city and the broncos are going to hit the road but afc west opponents man that's that's where you're trying to finish out here in the next three games two are going to be on the road and then kansas city is going to be at home as we start to wrap up the show um let's get to a few more folks as we go nick and i have been rapping about the quarterbacks and drew Locke is most likely going to be starting in las vegas against the raiders this week for the denver broncos who are still mathematically alive in the postseason race and the sergeant peppers weighing in real quick with a question how much of the jimmy garoppolo cap would you be willing to eat next year if you only gave up a fifth to get him excellent question i like it Man, $24 million against the cap. Um, I think if you only gave up a fifth, I would pay him. I'd be okay paying him $10 million, understanding that it's the last year of his contract and it's essentially a Teddy Bridgewater-esque one-year kind of deal where you're not paying a lot for a competent quarterback. Um, I know that everybody's going to be rolling their eyes at that, which rightfully so. Nobody wants to hear that, but again, I'm... I'm okay with the one year, you know, treading water kind of thing. Uh, I would rather not, I'd rather do that than pay or commit four years to the wrong guy. That's what scares the bleep out of me because I think you can survive one year with how this roster is built young cost controlled guys for 2022 being another year where you're still improving and building the foundation and whatnot and getting competent quarterback play. That's okay. But do not do the Sam Darnold Carolina Panthers where like, what are they even going to do next year? You know, they're, they're just going to have to be bad. Honestly, that's a team that probably should tank. They got too much defensive talent to do that, but um, that's one that would uh, make me interested. The one thing about Jimmy Garoppolo that concerns me a lot is that I think if there's any quarterback out there that is being a weekend at Bernie's uh, with their, their offensive mind, you know, making their quarterback look good. It's Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Nobody is doing what Kyle Shanahan is doing to the efficiency that Kyle Shanahan is doing it. And uh, I mean, yeah, they the best, second best tight end in football, best tight end in football, whatever. No H back that's doing what uh, Kyle Juszczyk is doing. Best left tackle in football. Amazing run game. Um, you got Debo Samuel, who's uh, incredible as well. I just don't know if that's replicable in Denver without Kyle Shanahan pulling the string. So that scares me a bit. But I think I'd prefer that to trading up in the top 10 and taking Kyle uh, Kenny Pickett. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think Broncos country would, I think they'd have a fit if Jimmy Garoppolo was here. I think Broncos country is sick of the recycled quarterback, and I don't blame them. But the NFL is full full of recycled quarterbacks, right? Because, I mean, you got to have somebody. And if you think that you're going to have three rookies next year, a one-year, a two-year guy, and another rookie. That's just not the way George Payton is going to build the franchise up. Uh, It's going to be one or the other, maybe a combination of two. I think that would be best to try to find some middle ground and have a veteran around with a rookie maybe developing in the wings. But you've got to be comfortable with waiting. Uh, you, you hear San Francisco, the conversations out there about Trey Lance and, you know, for a little while there and maybe still still it's still the case with with the coaching staff and John Lynch. Everybody's kind of second guessing, man, that was a lot. That was a lot to give up for Trey Lance. Maybe it's time to we start going that direction. And um, those are going to be conversations that are going to be had in the Mile High City. If George Payton commits all his assets to a first round draft pick or um 
we're just going to have to see it's, it's going to be hard either way because you're going to have criticism either way. You're going to have criticism for either waiting on a developmental guy, or you're going to have criticism for bringing in another retread. It makes it really, really tough for a fan base that has lost their patience and I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit of that is a uh, Broncos country being a tad entitled um, given the history of their organization, but you know, that's, that's just the price of excellence and Denver has been excellent. So I'll take it. Uh, Miguel, you know what else I'll take? Miguel coming in here, supporting us this holiday season. Thank you so Thank much, you. Miguel. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours. We also got Lando Lee coming in here, supporting us with the stars over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Lando. Uh, great to see you in here. Happy holidays to you and yours. Michael Ronquillo, one more time. Great show tonight, Nick and Luke. Go Broncos. Michael coming in with stars on stars on stars. Uh, shining star for us, Michael. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, you're amazing, and hope you have a great holiday out there in Tucson, Arizona. Merry Christmas, Michael, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Peter Middleton giving us some love, saying, I love this show. Great to have you guys on. Uh, I, I appreciate everybody in the stream, man. It's cool to have 162 eyes on us just right now from what we can see. Um, really, really appreciate it. And, you know, Nick, like you said earlier in the show, we get all kinds of reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know how we can improve as well. We take those things to heart. Um, but, Peter, it's cool to, cool to see you in the, in the chat. It's cool to see so many friends from all over the world who care about their Broncos, especially our guy Clayton, uh, saying Merry Christmas. We really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, we're going to have to keep this thing rolling. we got three more weeks of football, and that's something to be excited about. Maybe more. Bron Maybe more. <laughs> maybe more yeah talk about a tease we got to keep y'all going here maybe more we got at least how about that we got yes. at least yes. three more weeks of a denver broncos football and the broncos can help themselves by getting a win against the las vegas raiders it is raider week i want to get that energy up because i hate that i hate that damn team so much i hate everything about them uh broncos got to win they got to win I, I can't stand the fact that the raiders beat them here on mike shanahan day um Still bitter about it, buddy. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully we don't get swept by the Raiders in back-to-back -back years, and that means everybody really pulling for Drew Locke to play well in this game, and that that would be amazing. Uh, nothing would make me happier, and I think nothing would make Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer happier either, right? It's more like uh, they're looking at like they're like like through their fingers here, like oh come on, don't do the mistake. Quick. But you can have the fun times too with Drew Locke, and hopefully we could see that with our pass catchers. And hey, man, if he gets hot, we might have it. We might have a, a stretch here where they they uh, go on and get some wins. Quick question for you on our way out. What do you think Vic Fangio is asking Santa Claus for, for Christmas? Oh man, to go back in time and uh, have the Broncos <laughs> walk over with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I think that uh, they got teased a little bit by that one. Uh, that's probably one of the things he's asking for. He's probably asking for maybe Peyton to come here a year earlier than he did, because I felt like Elway was empowering the offense and lock uh, personnel wise before he empowered Vic Fangio. Um, we saw much more of the personnel empowerment this season with uh, Vic Fangio's defense from Peyton than we saw from John Elway in the draft in the years prior. So I think that's maybe another one. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he asks for a uh, fairy that can tell him uh, when he should challenge a play and when he should call timeouts <laughs> for clock management because that would be an incredible <laughs> one for him. That's what I was going to go with, too, the challenges and the timeouts. Uh, maybe, I'm going to go with this then. Maybe ask for a defensive coordinator job because he's sick of being a head coach. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I think you talk about that time machine and you talk about, man, if Vic had, could go back to that spaghetti and meatballs dinner with John Elway where John sold him 
on coming to Denver. Uh, I think things would be a little bit different. Colin weighing in. Vic would ask Santa for a pasta machine. I absolutely love it. You know, Coach loves that Italian cooking. I, I wish I could have some of Coach's Italian cooking. Those meatballs. Do you see the size of those things he was rolling? I mean, man. I don't know if Kenny Pickett could pick those up with his eight and a quarter inch hand size. Those are, those things are that big. Um, sorry guys. I had to get the, we're shot getting off track as we wrap up the show guys. We really appreciate you listening to MHI. He's Nick Kendall. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson, LP, our guy, Scott at scout Kennedy. You can find him on Twitter as well. Give us a follow on Twitter for the pod at MHI underscore pod. The mothership is always on Twitter is at mile high huddle. You can go to milehighhuddle.com, Find all of our up to the minute news and analysis. All of our Facebook supporters. We really appreciate y'all facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Please become an official supporter. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle huddle pod and then guys be sure as the holiday season is here we're gonna have football we're gonna keep this going this season is not over subscribe like and share and then be sure to get over to the huddle up pod store.com and you can go ahead and grab some merch as well and nick happy holidays man i'm really really happy that you're back at home with your family i know it's been a little bit i'm gonna be spending time with my little girl and my family as well uh, but on the way out, let's get to Mark. Mark saying, are you kidding me? Santa is a Broncos fan, and he ain't bringing Vic anything. Maybe Uncle Vic gets some coal and uh, or some pants. He needed some pants a few years ago, too. But Ah, oh, man. Talk about Vic Fangio's time machine. Maybe they could uh, go back in time in the season before he got to. You end up getting uh, walking out with a Josh Allen or something. That would be nice, too. I don't, I don't know, man. Let's see. Right. Let's get us a franchise quarterback, man. Then the fun can happen, and we can stop arguing over – mediocre at best quarterback play in Denver because it's just Toward driving it. me nuts. But um, also football's on escape. You guys have a great one. Choose compassion. Be nice. Have some levity. Be kind. Happy holidays. Go Broncos. You've been listening to building the Broncos. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. <laughs>